it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. And each and every week, we give you a review of what's going on at Springfield City Council, a way for taxpayers to know how their dollars are going to be spent, the debates that there are had, and uh, how this uh, stuff all comes together. Uh, And last night was a Committee of the Whole, which is where they review ordinances that are up for first reading, uh, and they determine whether it's going to go on a consent agenda or if it's going to go on a debate agenda where there's more debate to be had before final passage the following week. So last night, you had uh, the Treasurer's Report as as always, we'll hear that in a moment, but uh, thanks to the Council Roundup being sponsored by uh, Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West, their downtown location, open for lunch, Head West Subs. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into it. The Treasurer's Report from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. The rip- and let's go to the Treasurer's Report. We'll get to that presentation here in a bit. The corporate fund in the month of March had a beginning balance of $70,432,274. We took in total receipts of $11,292,740. We had total disbursements in the month of March of $14,337,810, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance of $67,387,204. Chair purchase of that ending corporate fund balance, your ARPA fund ending balance included in that, is $21,599,047. This concludes my report, Chair Purchase. So a lot of money in the uh, city's coffers there. And uh, you can hear again how much was from the uh, federal COVID-19 relief that the city got. And a lot of those dollars may already be spoken for, but uh, they've got a lot of other dollars that they still need to uh, put together. All right, so uh, last night you had uh, them plowing through ordinances. They had ordinances dealing with purchasing new vehicles, ordinances dealing with paying for association fees, ordinances dealing with uh, putting together tax funds for uh, various public works projects. So a lot of ordinances being placed here, there, and the other. But what took a lot of the conversation last night was an ordinance dealing with what a lot of people are worried and concerned about, and that is... The Legacy Point Sports Complex, is that thing actually come together? Uh, if so, what's it look like? Because they've already laid out a whole bunch of incentives. They're going to get uh, tax rebates from property taxes, from sales taxes increased in that area for Legacy Point uh, around the Shields Complex. Uh, but the developers, they're they're wanting to come back to the city council for a bit of, um, well, I guess uh, an updated agreement on how they go about uh, making this thing actually happen. 2023-155, an ordinance accepting an amended development agreement between the City of Springfield, Illinois, and Legacy Park Sports, LLC, for the Office of Planning and Economic Development. For debate. For debate. So, obviously, a lot of debate going to be had on this. What is going on? Uh, they already passed a lot of the stuff needed for this. What is this? Ryan McCrady, he's with Sangamon uh, Springfield Growth Alliance, and uh, he was there uh, as a way to act as kind of uh, an intermediary between the city and uh, those developers who are behind the this sports complex for Springfield. And if you remember, a lot of talk, even at the beginning of the pandemic, was, hey, uh, travel sports is huge. Illinois wasn't really allowing travel sports, but a lot of people were taking their kids to other states for travel sports, uh, where they were allowing travel sports, if you remember. Uh, But the talk in Springfield was, we need something like this, a large sports complex to draw a lot of people. However, 
remember Xanadu? That was supposed to be this. You had uh, projects that were being proposed on the east side of Springfield, uh, various others pushing back against an idea of giving tax rebates to a developer to come in to do this if it's not actually done. So I think they did get the agreement together, but they're wanting to modify that a bit. And here's Ryan McCready talking about um, what they have uh, spelled out from last night's Committee of the Whole meeting. Uh, And I'm here tonight with uh, Dirk McCormick. He is with the development team of the Shield Sports Park and Todd Yancey, who is from Sports Facilities Companies. That's the company that the city hired to do the initial market study for the sports complex. And then uh, the current developer also secured their services uh, to do an additional study on to bring us where we are today. And where are we at today? Well, they're seeking a modified agreement. So we'll actually get to that coming up next here on WMAY with the Council Roundup. It is Springfield's Morning News. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Talk. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Head West Subs. All right, let's get back into it. Ryan McCrady with uh, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance uh, presenting to the city council an updated agreement for the Legacy Point Shields Sports Complex. Now, again, they uh, approved a lot of this uh, throughout the pandemic, saying, yeah, we need this to draw more people to Springfield. Uh, Even some saying, ah, if there's ever another pandemic, travel sports is going to be a big thing. Uh, So they went ahead and uh, approved various... uh, tax incentives to uh, spur on developments of this facility Uh, and uh, we heard an update last night on what the developers are looking for Uh, Ryan McCready again uh, kind of acting as the conduit of sorts to uh, get this uh, across the finish line and he presented uh, where where they're at with this new agreement uh, to the committee of the whole last night Uh, the amended development agreement Uh, provide specific plans now that they have them for the size and scope and design of the sports complex. Um, Also, the financial institution that's looking to provide financing for the project had some wording adjustments that they wanted to see in the development agreement to set them up for financing the project and moving uh, moving towards construction. Also, the development team, uh, due to inflationary cost increases and increases in interest rates, had to invest a lot of time in value engineering to try to bring the sports complex to creation given the current economic environment that exists exists today. So obviously, uh, you know, costs can go up, things can get inflated, uh, and they wanted to go ahead and move forward with this idea of uh, not two phases, as was initially thought, but instead one phase. Um, they found out that it was actually going to be cheaper for them to do all the construction in one phase as opposed to doing it in two phases. Uh, They also remember the discussion in front of this body where several members had suggested that they would like to see the indoor and the outdoor facility completed at the same time. So having both the indoor and the outdoor facility completed at the same time is a big issue that came up uh, during debate about getting this across the finish line initially, but they're coming back with these changes uh, to ultimately move this thing forward even faster. One of the reasons it's better is that this will include the creation of a, a 150,000 square foot sports dome that will be able to host tournaments, and that way the facility can host tournaments 12 months out of the year. That dome will hold six basketball courts or 12 volleyball courts, um, I believe 18 pickleball courts, which is a very popular sport, 
um, along with two youth baseball fields that can also be converted into full soccer fields inside the sports dome. This will be the largest sports dome in the world due to the size of it. What? Um, and it will help set our sports facility apart from any other comparable facility. Did he just say it's going to be the largest sports dome in the world here in Springfield? Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. I mean, if it's going to take a year or so to build, maybe somebody else is going to build a larger sports dome before then. But regardless, uh, the the uh, announcement is, hey, uh, Springfield is going to be the land of Lincoln, but also uh, home of the world's largest sports dome where you can play pickleball indoors. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Ryan McCready laying that out. He uh, lays out even more from last night's Committee of the Whole, uh, talking about uh, some of the concerns that were raised, and he says those are addressed. Uh, I do would want to remind you that the developer does have a signed project labor agreement with local uh, labor unions for the construction of the facility. Um, also, all of the other property tax property taxing entities for the property have agreed to abate their property taxes in the same way that the city did. And that is also showing that there's tremendous support out there for this development. The development assistance and the structure of the incentives are not changing with any of these amendments. Uh, the amount of money that's shared for hotel motel tax, sales tax, and property tax rebates remain the same in the structure of that. So uh, Ryan McCready with uh, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance laying out uh, all of the different uh, you know incentives that there are from the school districts that are on board with this. Uh, but what is ultimately the city's taxpayers going to be on the hook for? I think that's a question uh, we'll hear a lot more in detail about, but McCready gives a bit of a preview. The risk for success and the risk for running a successful sports complex lies with the private development group, not with the city or their taxpayers. Because this, these financial incentives that are giving to back to the development team to help fund this project are generated from additional tax revenues. So uh, McCready again talking about how uh, the initial outlay of risk is on the developers, not on the city's taxpayers. And he says that's a, a bit different than what other cities' approaches have been, where they, the city's taxpayers have all the risk up front, and then the developer... Uh, puts risk after they get a whole bunch of money to develop the thing. No, that's not how this is going to happen, he says. This is a different type of agreement uh, that's going to protect the city's taxpayers from any um, unknown risks that there might be. The arrangement here in Springfield is much different, but I believe much better for our taxpayers it's because it does not put the taxpayers at risk for the operational wins or losses of the sports facility. Frankly, the developer has to perform the operator has to perform to create those revenues that, that exist to help fund that. So uh, what about the idea from going from uh, one phase to two phases? Uh, how does that play out here? What does that ultimately look like? Again, McCready lays out uh, going from two phases where they're going to do some of the outdoor stuff and then second phase come into the uh, uh, indoor stuff. No, instead they're going to scrap that and go just one phase. So they do it all at once. And uh, he says that that's actually going to uh, save in the long run, even though they're asking for more tax dollars in this particular phase deal. The construction costs get accelerated into their front side, but they're still very, much less than what it would have been total for two different phases of construction. Uh, in the current development agreement, uh, those construction costs are, are fit, the city's contribution towards construction costs is capped at 30.5 million. Under the amended development agreement, they would move up to 33.5 million. 
Um, also, you may remember that the city uh, in the current agreement has agreed to help fund operational improvements, uh, ongoing costs, capital improvements at the sports complex to keep it modern and relevant. Uh, that cost sharing is you uh, every dollar the developer spends, if the tax revenues exist, a dollar will be shared back with the developer for that also. So it's a 50-50 sharing of those costs. We're going to get more uh, from the developers on this, including uh, the uh, video rendering of what it's going to look like and uh, a video of a similar dome that Springfield is actually going to be bigger than. Uh, we'll share that coming up next here on WMAY with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch, Head West Subs. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch, also open for Saturday lunch. And don't forget about delivery, Head West Subs. All right, we're in the middle of uh, hearing of a uh, updated agreement for the Legacy Sports Complex that was agreed upon like two years ago, it feels like. Um, but there's still concerns. People are like, is this really going to happen? Uh, I drove by the other day with Megan, and I'm like, ah. I don't know if this thing's actually happening. They don't have any shovels in the ground yet. Well, we could see shovels in the ground here soon uh, after a uh, change of agreements could come about going from two phases to one phase, but it is going to require some more money up front, uh, at least in the agreements of what the cap of Springfield's going to be. Uh, so you had uh, Ryan McCready there last night from Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Uh, after talking about the shared maintenance cost, which we'll touch on some more, uh, he introduces his next guests. This time, I'd like to have Dirk McCormick come up. Dirk has... Uh, provided a really nice virtual walkthrough of the facility, allow him to explain that, and then Mr. Yancey will come up and talk about how this facility will compare it to other facilities that they operate. So Dirk gets up there and he provides uh, an opening of uh, what's going on. The first video I'd like uh, to call your attention to is a flyover of the sports park. Uh, and this is what we are hoping to build. This is what we want to build. This is what we're planning to build. And it looks pretty cool. It's a flyover, digital, uh, big parking space, a nice open gate, sports park, it says, shields right above it, walking down the sidewalk, virtual sidewalk, lighting, uh, all kinds of overhangs, some uh, uh, seating areas for maybe if you want to sit outside and get some lunch, uh, all kinds of different fields from baseball and softball fields to what looks like soccer fields and football fields, a lot of walking paths in between all of this. Uh, all of it, uh, of course, uh, is going to you know, be constructed as a uh, attraction for bringing more people to Springfield to focus on the sporting uh, complex and to bring tournaments, a lot of different bike, baseball diamonds, softball diamonds, uh, and even the indoor uh, areas where you're going to see a, uh, a dome of sorts. Uh, so uh, Dirk, he then um, provides a bit of uh, uh, an overview here of what's next in as far as the, the dome for uh, the, the project. The first video I'd like uh, to call your attention to is a flyover of... The next video is of the dome uh, that Asadi, uh, which is our dome builder, our dome designer, uh, will be constructing for us. This is one they just opened out in Colorado right now. It's the world's largest sports dome. Uh, ours will be slightly bigger so that we can be certain to house two softball diamonds inside. They, they can't do that with theirs. 
So you may have seen these before, and it's like a cloth dome of sorts uh, that they have set up, and I guess it inflates to a degree, and you've got an external building that allows people to go in, but then inside, it's it's vacuous. I mean, it's a big indoor dome, uh, and they're going to have a ton of different volleyball and pickleball, and they can even convert it into uh, a, a, a turf field for soccer. Uh, you can imagine you could see probably some football games being played there. Uh, so a pretty big deal when it comes to uh, the dome that's being uh, proposed here and just the, the video images of the one they just recently built in Colorado, uh, the largest so far. But uh, the one for Springfield could very well be the largest in the world. And maybe we could put that on a sign somewhere right next to uh, Lincoln Lincoln Horseshoe uh, and uh, Corn Dogs. Uh, but uh, here is uh, the developer, uh, Todd. He talks a bit about uh, the next phase in development. Uh, Let's make sure that we got him here. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you for having me this evening. My name is Todd Yancey. I'm with Sports Facilities Companies. We are the uh, leader in amateur facility management and operations throughout the country. Currently, we, we operate somewhere around 42 facilities across the country. Goes on to uh, talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the next phase here and uh, what some of the benefits are from having this dome uh, set up as part of the uh, sports complex. Um, having the dome itself allows us to operate year round and run tournaments uh, during the off seasons in December when we all know here in the Midwest it gets rather cold and people still want to play baseball and softball. So it's great to have that dome and be able to go inside. Yeah, having uh, you know an indoor facility for sure will be beneficial. Uh, but now it's time for uh, older people to ask questions. And uh, Alderman Jim Donnellan first to ask the questions said, "Hey, this looks great, sounds great, but uh, <laughs> when are we actually going to have this thing?" Uh, quite frankly, I'm tired of my brother, friends, constituents all asking me when their children are in. Other cities in Illinois, other cities in the Midwest, why can't Springfield get its act together? And uh, this is something that I hope comes to fruition here that will be a, no pun intended, game-changing development. Uh, It would complement not only uh, existing restaurants but uh, and hotels and shields and other retail establishments throughout the community, but will indeed... Uh, draw more attention, draw more people, and more economic activity, which is what we need here. Well, I mean, it'd be great to be able to say, hey, we got the world's largest sports dome. I mean, why not? That's uh, that's a pretty big draw, but having, of course, the uh, just overall sports complex will be a big draw as well. Uh, Donnellan continues, though, with his uh, questions and uh, concerns. If the project gets underway... <laughs> and does not come to fruition or gets half built, a quarter built, what have you, will the city be at risk for any, in any way, shape, or form with funds? Uh, Corporation Council can best advise you on the risk, but I believe the way this is structured is the facility needs to be up and operating and open and generating tax revenue for you to have to share anything back. So, again, uh, no risk on the city from this. Uh, but the more money's being asked for. If the cost, because you're doing it all at once, caused the overall project cost to decrease, why are you asking for more funds? I guess that's a more of a if the, developer question. Sure. <clears throat> the original cost, you had phase one and phase two, and that cost was this much. All right. 
under an arrangement where you're doing all in one phase, it's more than doing it in one phase, but less than what it would be in doing it two phases. The original agreement you had only funded the first phase. And then the development team was challenged to deliver on that and then come back to the city for a second phase. That, that's the, that's yep. the key answer there, is you're going to have to come back not to ask for phase two, and the money would have been more. Right. So. Now, um, I think it was uh, Alderman Redpath asked about a timeline. Uh, when are we actually going to see shovels in the ground? When is this thing actually going to be opened up for uh, the public to utilize and for sports teams to utilize in tournaments? Uh, if uh, the council <clears throat> agrees to accept this agreement at their meeting next week, it would be signed before the end of April. Is that fair? Um, and could begin construction May-June time frame. I don't want to... No, that, that's right. Okay. Uh, I, ideally, uh, for masquerading, we would like to hit... So people at home can hear you. Sure. Okay. Ideally, uh, for masquerading, perfect window is May 15th to June 15th. We want to hit that window, and that's why we're here Are you going to continue construction throughout the winter? Part of it will be, yes. Okay. So uh, Illinois has uh, two seasons, uh, winter and construction season. Uh, and apparently construction season is going to help uh, even into the wintertime, uh, but they want to be able to w hit a certain window before summer really gets uh, into the hot and heavy. Uh, more from last night, the Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole. You had questions about uh, access to the facilities of local school kids. That was a question that uh, uh, the alderman from Ward 2, Sean Gregory, had asked, and here's Ryan McCready's response. The agreement with... Uh District 186 was really important to allow all the students across the public school district to be able to access the facility. And that's going to be a big help because, you know, instead of the school district having to build some of their facilities, they're going through an enormous capital program right now. This will allow those students to be guaranteed time at the sports complex to, to be able to, to participate in events at a state-of-the-art facility. Alderman Hanauer had a series of questions last night at Springfield City the, Council Committee of the, the whole meeting. Not sure uh, here's some of what he go. had to say uh, in, in uh, you know, response to when this thing's actually going to be put together and are we actually going to see this thing come to fruition. They're not sure whether this is going to go, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's been a long time, it seems like, since we initially passed what we did and all you know a lot of people because the city's been burned on some things before and and you know and i keep saying we're we'll be getting something so i think it's imperative that you guys get on construction now it's not the monorail uh i get it but we've had other sports facilities being proposed that didn't come together uh what was it i think it was called xanadu uh but uh yeah, I mean, you gotta be uh, you can't you can't have somebody cry wolf a whole bunch and and no wolf shows up. And you can't have somebody say, hey, we're gonna build a sports complex, and then you know a year, a year and a half goes by, and more time goes by, and there's no sports complex. It, this thing needs to start rolling. I think that we one of the problems we've had is we waited too long. Um, every year, you know, is a season, and it and and it's gonna take a while to get get things moving. Now. On the positive side, I do know down at uh, Lake of the Ozarks, they have a sports complex, and in two years, it's already exceeded its capacity. They're they're doubling the number of, of fields because the, it's just gone gone 
bigger than what they thought. Now, coming back, we'll hear some more uh, to extend the council roundup. One more segment. It's brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch. Head West Subs. Extended segment of the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. Uh, let's get into uh, some of the comments that we've seen come in asking about, uh, you know, tornadoes. They move through this area, uh, but Colorado doesn't get the winds we do. Somebody else asking uh, how this thing would fare with tornadoes. The response last night was really just, hey, they're going to follow building codes. Uh, when it comes to the dome that they're planning for the Shields Legacy Point sh- Sports Complex. Uh, more about the dome maintenance. Here is Dirk, one of the uh, uh, developers of this overall project the warranty on that dome is 20 years life expectancy is 25 to 30 years uh it's mean the designer of of the dome is asadi out of new york i believe they've been around since 1964 they're located in upstate new york Uh, they built these things all over the world so i'm pretty confident that they know how to build it to to survive an only weather so uh you know we'll see uh what happens in the long run uh with what's going to be the uh the world's largest sports dome uh you had alderman mcminiman he asked questions about uh how the uh costs are increasing on what the city's ultimately going to be on the hook for uh here's that back and forth the city's subsidy is moving from 30 million to 33.5 million as, as far as the the maximum uh, that's the cap on the subsidy and could you describe the sources of those subsidies again in broad terms? Sure. Yeah, there's the hotel motel tax incentive. So the city increased the hotel motel tax from 7 to 8% throughout the city to provide these incentives. 2% of that of now 8% hotel motel tax is being allocated to provide development assistance for the sports complex. And that was done with the support and endorsement of the Springfield Hotel Lodging Association. Sales tax rebate is 71.4% of the city's portions of sales tax received on sales within the sports development area. So that's not just the sports complex, that's the area, above a base of $1,487,500 of sales tax revenue. So the base is what was negotiated between the city and the developer to say this is the base amount of sales tax coming in right now. And McCready, he was also uh, you know asked just really in, in in overall terms as to how much this is costing uh, overall for the entirety of the project. I mean, the original total development assistance cap in your current agreement yeah. is thirty six point two six million. And then the new one to this amended agreement would be $45 million. So you can hear uh, the costs, how much that's increasing. Uh, but another question from Alderman Gregory I think is important, and that's who's going to be managing this once it's built and completed. And uh, here's that question in response last night at uh, the Committee of the Whole. Um, local management company will be running this, or have, have we? Sports facilities company will be the uh, will be operating the facility. You can... Are you going to hire somebody that lives in Springfield? Correct. We will hire somebody that will live in Springfield. I'll be the person overseeing that uh, manager, the general manager of the facility. Um, I live about five hours away, but have lived in Illinois for 26 years, so um, not too far away. Um, But we will hire, we will do a national search for a general manager. Uh, Generally, we will, um, just because that's a certain skill set that we'll look for, the marketing manager for sure will be somebody that we look for, uh, someone here in Springfield. Um, But the entire leadership team will be based in Springfield. So again, uh, the Legacy Sports Shield Sports Complex there at Legacy Point uh, looks like they're going to try to get this uh, uh, agreement amended, and we could see 
what's uh, being characterized as the world's largest sports dome uh, in the city of Springfield with uh, indoor and looks like it's going to be pretty nice. It's 8 o'clock. From the Fly SPI store.